1: What a blessing to have you join us today. In part four of A Call to Holiness, Pastor Rander begins by articulating what it means to be holy. The Bible tells us that once we verbally confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. And once we are saved, we are to be committed to growing in our faith and living a life wholly dedicated to God. Listen closely with Bible pen and paper handy as our souls are fed today on this much-needed series on living for Christ in today's world.
2: How many of y'all, how many of you know you're going to heaven? Some of you if you don't know you're going to heaven, you make sure you walk up here during the invitation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, I got some news for you. Around God's throne, there's all kind of folk, They all kind of colors. You're going to have a problem up there. And by the way, if you miss heaven, go to hell, they're all kind of colors down there too. (laughs) Like Christ, we must love people unconditionally, regardless of race. We must love people regardless of financial status. We must love people regardless of social status. We must love people through their own sinfulness and help them to work through their issues. We must work. Uh, and and love people through their evil deeds. Look at this, let me put this caveat on it, especially when that evil has been directed and perpetrated against you. It's easy to love folk who love you, but can you love that person who betrayed you? Who kicked you in the rear? The one that you gave your last dime for, the one that you helped, you were there for, and then they turned on you. Can you pray for them? I declare, some of you get so mad at people you can't even pray for them. That's a sign that you hate them. A sign that you hate a person is when you can't even pray for them. Are y'all still out there? <laughs> Next, what keeps us from living holy? Jealousy. Jealousy. This is a feeling of displeasure resentment and bitterness this is a feeling of displeasure, resentment and bitterness it also means to boil with heat and fury when witnessing or hearing of the success or prosperity of others you can't take it, you can't stand it when somebody else got a nicer looking house or nicer looking car I don't care what you have, somebody else gonna always have a little bit more I don't care how smart you are, there'll be somebody a little bit smarter. I don't care how fast you run, there'll be, a, there'll be somebody who run a little bit faster. There's somebody else got a bigger church than this. Bigger budget than this. Be satisfied the way God created you. Jealousy is a horrible sin. Cain slew Abel because of jealousy. Started way back there in the beginning of human history. This is a feeling of displeasure, resentment, and bitterness. It's also, it also means to boil with heat and fury when witnessing or hearing of the success or prosperity of others. Give me an example. I give you a great example. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 7 through 9, verse 12, and verse 14. The scripture says: this was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his 10,000s. This made Saul very angry. What's this, said Saul? He said, they credit David with 10,000s and me with only thousand. Ha! Next they'll be making him their king. And he did become king. You can't, oh, by the way, you can't stop, people can't stop what God has for you. I just thought throw that spiritual caveat in. Whatever God has for you, I got news for you. You gonna get it. God knows where you are, and He knows your name, and He knows how to call you back to work. He knows how to put you where you need to be. When you think it's over, God says, "I'm not through. I just want to know. Could you wait on me? Could you trust me?" He, he, he was intimidated that this this man. This young man would be king. He became king in spite of Saul's ill intent, threats, and what he did against him. Verse 9 says, so from that time on, Saul, look, kept a jealous eye on David. That's the problem. You'll really, you be shocked. Don't, don't ask God to reveal these jealous folk to you. You probably go in depression. But a lot of folk do what they do to you because the root of it is that they're jealous. Oh, 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 thank you. Holy ghost. Don't be ashamed to receive what God has for you because of what somebody might think because God gave it to you. Okay. If God gave you what you have, receive it, be glad and don't feel guilty because you got it. Do I have a witness here? That's right. You got the money. You want to buy that nice dress? Well, I don't know. They may think I'm all that. As long as you don't think you all that. Now, when you think you all that, don't buy that dress. Are y'all hanging with him? (laughs) So, from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Saul then, Saul was then afraid of David. So, the Lord was with David and had turned away from Saul. David continued to succeed in everything he did, for the Lord was with him. Now, when you live for God and you succeeding because of what God is doing through you, keep marching. Don't be surprised who, who leave you, who get mad at you, who walk away. They walked away from Jesus. Sometimes it's your very kinfolk that give you the, the hardest time. Do you realize? Uh, uh, sometimes you might be closer to people on your job uh, or friends than, than your own kinfolk. Jealousy is a breeding ground for Satan to wreak havoc in your life. Stay away from, there's some men that are desperately jealous of their wife. She just speaks to somebody, speak, somebody speak to her and what you looking at him for? What you say? I, I saw how your eyes look. Well, well what's your problem? You ought to be secure in your relationship. That's right. That's right. If Lord gave her to you, can't nobody take her away. Amen. And vice versa. Your relationship ought to be built on trust. A sure sign of spiritual maturity is when you can learn to rejoice in the success and blessings of others. Amen. You get a new car. Ooh, let me lay hands and pray on that car. By the way, give me a ride. You walk in that nice looking house, praise God for this house, rejoice in that house, eat in that house, be refreshed in that house, and leave that house, go on to your house and eat some greens. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I love it, somebody got green. Look, your mind ought to be in this church. (laughs) Let's just put some cornbread with it. Some pork chops. Yeah, some (laughs) some beans and rice. Let's put some with those greens. Don't—that's a sign you are growing. When other folk can get blessed and you can rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Now, some of y'all—you got it bad. You can rejoice when folk are being thrown under the bus. Uh huh. I knew it. Ah uh-huh. ha! And some of y'all love those aha moments. I don't. When I look at the Me Too movements and all these things and seeing all these, per- these people, whether they're guilty or not. A lot of them are guilty. Some are not. We don't know. Matter of fact, you're innocent until proven. I thought that's what the law said, right? I don't get too far in that because I told myself in trouble and you, all your amens will go out the door. <laughs> but I will say this. You never know where life will find you. You never know where life will find you. And even in those cases where they are guilty, you don't rejoice in it. You don't talk them down. You don't talk about them. You don't. You say, what do you do? You pray for them and you learn lessons of what not to do in your own life. Lord, what are you teaching me through this so I won't make the same mistakes? That's what you do never rejoice in the failures of others that is evil it's evil uh what keeps us from living holy rebellion this is willfully defying god's word willfully defying god's word and doing that which is forbidden by him which results in divine
1: chastening And even death. The Bible commands us to be diligent in presenting ourselves approved unto God so that we need not be ashamed and so that we can rightly divide the truth of God's word. Among other things that the world tolerates, we must not be sexually immoral. We must not lie. We must not covet or have an attitude of ingratitude. God loves us, He forgives us, He gives us chance after chance after chance. He made us, therefore, he knows we're not perfect. He expects us, though, to strive towards perfection as we grow in him until he calls us from labor to reward. Adam and Eve
2: died because of rebellion. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, A says, For, an, for as in Adam all died, Nadab and Abihu Sons of Aaron died because of rebellion. Leviticus chapter 10 verses 1 and 2 says, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Verse 2, So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. By the way, rebellion will kill you. Okay? Rebellion will kill you. They died before the Lord. Miriam, the sister of Moses, became leprous because of rebellion. Even the sister of Moses did not get away. Moses' own sister was stricken with leprosy because she spoke against her own brother. God says, I'm not even putting it up for you, from you, sister girl. I ain't taking no stuff for you. I don't care if you are his sister. Numbers 12, 8b through 10a also says, Why then were you not afraid? Miriam? hero was in it too. He got spared some kind of way. I got a whole thing I could say about that. Time won't permit. Why then were you not afraid? Let's stop right there. Underline that. See, y'all go too fast. Why then were you not afraid? In other words... Where is the reverential fear of God in your life? Why do you speak against the man whom I appointed over this great congregation? He's my choice to lead these people. Who are you to speak against him because of who he mattered? Oh, I'm gonna get you. Uh, She turned leprous. Let me tell you something, why is there not enough reverential fear amidst God's people in the house of God? Why does sleeping with somebody not your wife don't scare you? Why is cussing so common with you? Why can you sneak or you sniff drugs Even though they legalize marijuana, you crazy in the head and it doesn't even bother you. Why is it that you cannot come to church and be content and you have no fear of God about your high absenteeism? Why is it that you can look at pornography and come to church and say amen? Why you can gossip and lie and slander and eat pork chops when you leave here? Why then were you not afraid? Where is the reverential fear of God to speak against Moses, my servant? He, he belonged to me. He's not yours. I don't care if he is your, your brother. He's mine. I put him here. I called him at the burning bush. I made him who he is. Who are you to talk about him? Shut up! The church would be more holy if folk just learned to shut up and pray. I'm feeling kind of funny right now. Verse 9 says, So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. God does not play with people who speak against his leadership. Jesus. I go to the next point. Why we don't live holy is because of sexual immorality. This is to give oneself to unlawful, unlawful sexual relations. Just have sex with anybody. You don't care who it is. You just go for it. You act like an old dog. That's what dogs and cats and chickens do. They just go everywhere. They don't, they don't keep counting. Well, chicken, you chickens say, I'm, I, I'm holy. I'm not going to mess with that hen. <laughs> it is also to prostitute one's body to the lust of another. There's a scripture there. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 18 says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. The scripture also says in 1 Corinthians six, 19 to 20, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself for God brought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. What's your body? Your fingers, your eyes, your ears, your toes, your private parts. Every aspect of your body belongs to God. Your inner part and your outer parts. All is God's. Your body should be a sacred vessel that is indwelt by God himself in the person of the holy spirit you are self-deceived if you think you're going to heaven while defiling your body which is the temple of god first corinthians chapter 6 verses 6-9 says don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of god don't fool yourself be not deceived those who indulge in sexual sins or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkard or abusive or cheats those swindlers none of these will inherit the kingdom of God in other words they are not going to heaven unless you repent why do we not live holy what hinders us from living holy a lying tongue I'm almost done a lying tongue one, who, this is one who is willfully dishonest and intentionally deceptive. One who is willfully dishonest and intentionally deceptive. Proverbs 6, 16 through 17 B says, These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are abomination to him. A lying tongue. That's horrible. Colossians 3, 9 also says, Do not lie to one another. You come in for counseling? Don't lie to that counselor. Don't lie to me. Husbands, you should never lie to your wife. And if you do, you ought to feel most uncomfortable. Your wife ought to know when you're lying because that's not common. Some of you, you you're such smooth liars, your wife can't figure you out. And some wives can lie pretty good too. Lying, children lying. I was in school all day, went out the back door, came in in time to go home. Lie, 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 the world lie. Commercial liars, politicians, liars, much lying, who's telling the truth? Since you have put on, put off the old man with his deeds. If you fail to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, then you will not be able to control your tongue, which will ultimately defile your whole body. Your little bitty tongue in that mouth that's in between those teeth. It's amazing how your tongue can get out of those teeth, out of those lips and do so much lying. The scripture says in James 3, 5, and 6, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. That tongue will defile you from head to toe and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. It is hell that's fueling the fury of the tongue. Apart from the Holy Spirit controlling your thoughts and tongue, you will not be able to live a holy life before the Lord. By the way, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21a says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. When the scripture says that death is in the power of the tongue, you say, what does that mean? It means that the tongue can destroy, your tongue can destroy someone else's self worth. Your tongue can destroy someone else's self-esteem. You kill somebody's reputation. You you destroy someone's motivation. You destroy relationships, your family, your friends, your coworkers, everywhere. You just a flaming, you just a flame of fire. You burn up everything in your path. And even more, your tongue can lead someone to suicide. They die because you were so ruthless and diabolical with your tongue. However, the tongue can also bring life. How does the tongue bring life? Through, being, through encouragement. Life come through healing. Your tongue can bring life through spiritual refreshment. Your, your tongue can bring life through et, uh, wor- words that edify and build up. Your, your tongue brings life through restoring broken relationship. Your tongue can relieve others who are depressed and those who are full of anxiety, your tongue can give hope even to a person who is down. Your tongue can tell them to rise up and live again. couple of more and I'm done. Why do we not live holy? What hinders us from living holy? Covetousness. This is to long for, desire, to lust after, and crave anything that belongs to another. To long to lust after and crave anything that belongs to another. There are people under my voice by radio and television and congregation who lust after money, more money. You're working yourself to death. Family don't even know you. More money. You, lust, you can lust someone's body for sexual pleasure. Lust after popularity, power. Lust after possessions. Lust after food. You just can't eat enough. Eating yourself to death. Lust lust after recognition. You want to be recognized. Always got to be singled out. Man, because your name is not on the program. Don't misspell your name. Lust after position. Lust after clothes. You can't stop buying. You go from Dillard's to Macy's. From Macy's to Lock and Tara. i have gone to a whole mall. (laughs) And you've gone to every store. Come back loaded and broke. Lusting after clothes. Hebrews 13, 5 says, let your conduct be without covetousness. I like this next word underlining, unless you're too scared to be content. Uh, see, y'all run right past that. You read the Bible so fast. Be content with such things as you have. Your peace with Christ should be more satisfying than the mundane material possessions uh, of this world system. My friend, is Jesus enough for you? Beloved, Christ alone satisfies And then, last but not the least, people don't live holy because of ingratitude. Say ingratitude. This is one who is ungrateful for what God has done for him him or her. It is also to be unthankful. It's amazing how many believers are so ungrateful. And they have been that way so long that they're not even convicted by the fact that they have a spirit of ingratitude. Beloved, you cannot be holy and, un, and unthankful at the same time. Romans 1.21 says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. As I close on this Memorial Day, we should be thankful for our military who paid the ultimate price, whether they died in training whether they died in accidents, deployment, whether they died in combat, whether they died in other non-combat related incidents. We ought to be thankful for those families who suffered that we could have our freedoms. We are enjoying the freedoms we have today as a nation because of those who gave their all as well as those who still suffer from visible and invisible wounds. Let us never forget them. If you're in the military today, or you serving at any time, at any point, why don't you stand? Any time, any point, any time, or you're you a relative of a military person. Come on, let's give them, is that the best you can do? Let's give them, come on, let's give it to them. Come on, let's really give it to them. Come on, let's really give it to them. We salute you. We bless you. We thank God for you. Praise God. I can preach today and don't get locked up because of you and what God has done. You may be seated. Also, our salvation is not free because Christ died and paid the ultimate sacrifice on the cross that we would be free from the power of sin the penalty of sin and one day the presence of sin in the beauty of the lily christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me as he died to make men holy let us die to make men free while god is marching on glory hallelujah glory hallelujah glory hallelujah his truth is still marching on and all god's children said
1: god bless you we must be genuine in our transformation from living a life based on worldly pleasures to living a life solely completely dedicated to God. There's no such thing as half-stepping for God. We must be sincerely and totally committed to living the Christian life because it is the only way to live. And God knows the difference. In fact, we're not truly living until we are alive in Christ. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210 210-